Welcome to Policy Pod, PORF podcast. This episode is part of the Raisena Dialogue 2021, India's annual premier conference on geopolitics and geoeconomics. The conference is hosted by ORF in partnership with the Ministry of External Affairs, Government of India. Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, I'm honored to address this year's Raisina Dialogue. I thank Prime Minister Modi, the Government of India and the Observer Research Foundation for the invitation. I was very much looking forward to joining you physically, but the need to hold this year's event in a virtual format highlights the reality that the COVID-19 pandemic is not yet over. COVID is a public health crisis, but it is also a crisis of international cooperation. Access to vaccines is highly unequal. In a situation of scarcity, power and wealth will always say to the temple, India, despite its own challenges, has produced most of vaccine doses sent to Africa under COVAX and related programs. Without India's production capacity and spirit of solidarity, it is possible that Africa would not yet have received much vaccine at all. This unsustainable situation demonstrates the opportunity for more ambitious private sector investments between India and Africa in pharmaceutical manufacturing, among other areas. The relationship between India and Rwanda continues to flourish and our goal is to further deepen our ties. Rwanda and India continues to collaborate on important infrastructure and development initiatives. The key objective is to increase the educational and employment opportunities available to young people in both India and Rwanda. Knowledge, innovation, and the green economy will still be the key drivers of growth after the pandemic. The Observer Research Foundation's annual Kigali Global Dialogue is another good example. This event brings a fresh perspective to global debates on development and growth and attests to increasing multipolarity of our world. I hope that many of you will come to Kigali for the next edition in 2022. In the meantime, I wish you fruitful deliberations at this year's Raisina Dialogue, and I thank you. Thank you, President Kagame, for your address. It's my pleasure now to invite the Prime Minister of Denmark, the Honorable Mette Fredriksen, to deliver her opening address to all of us this evening. Thank you to the organizers, His Excellency Prime Minister Modi, His Excellency President Kagame, His Excellency Minister of External Affairs, Jashankar, and to the Observer Research Foundation.
Thank you all for hosting this very important event. I am grateful for having the opportunity to speak to you today. In a gentle way, you can shake the world, Gandhi once said. The world has indeed been shaken the past year. Unfortunately, not very gentle. We live in the time of a global pandemic. We also live in the time of another global challenge, climate change. A crisis more far-reaching than the pandemic. That is why climate-related security risks are expected to be a priority if Denmark is elected for a seat in the UN Security Council in 2025. Investing in climate action is also a necessary investment in our security and prosperity. I come from the land of Hans Christian Andersen, the land of fairy tales. In fairy tales, people have to go th through difficult times in order to reach a happy ending. That is what happened to Denmark. 100 years ago, a small farmland in the north of Europe, now a green superpower. And today I welcome India and other countries joining us on this journey. We stand on the brink of a green industrial revolution with new clean energy sources and promising new technologies. If we combine Danish skill and Indian skill with speed, scope and political will, we can launch a new era of just green transformation. That leads me to my message for you today. The green industrial revolution is not only necessary, it comes with great opportunities and can put millions of people to work and it can be highly cost effective. Allow me to elaborate. Renewable energy creates three times more jobs than fossil fuels do and Asia stands to secure the lion's share of those jobs. In Denmark, estimates show that installing one gigawatt of offshore wind secures almost 15,000 full-time jobs. Today, solar and onshore wind are the cheapest energy sources in most countries. Cheaper than coal, cheaper than gas. On a windy day, Denmark can produce more than 100% of our electricity needs from wind. So renewables are also a gateway to energy security. The green energy revolution requires investments. There is no way around that. But the return of these investments is big. In fact, the savings will amount to eight times the cost when accounting for health and environmental factors. Of course, as we say in Denmark, the greenest and cheapest energy is the energy you don't use. During the past 30 years, Denmark has managed to decouple economic growth with energy consumption. In fact, Danish GDP has increased by more than 50%, while our energy consumption has decreased by 6%. 
it is possible to create economic growth while lowering the use of energy. On this green journey in Denmark, we have focused on creating strong cooperation between public and private actors. Without public-private cooperation, green transition will not happen. Right now, Denmark is powering ahead with building the world's first energy island. The energy islands are huge offshore wind farms, the largest, most expensive infrastructure project ever made in Denmark. Once completed, the energy island in the North Sea alone will have a capacity of 10 gigawatt, 10 gigawatts, that's close to 10 times the capacity of the largest offshore wind farm in the world today. And it is enough to meet the electricity demand of about 10 million European households. And the potential is even greater. In time, the North Sea could become the green power plant of the entire European continent, connecting a number of energy islands. All this will generate jobs, lots of jobs. The Danish example of decades of green economic growth is not a fairy tale. It is real. This decade, we are ending coal in our energy production. And by 2050, we have decided to end oil and gas production in the North Sea. Other countries can do it too. To use the words of Prime Minister Modi, we must reform, transform, and perform. Governments, individuals and businesses have to come together. We must join forces across the globe. The Green Strategic Partnership between India and Denmark is an example of how we can achieve a result by working together. It is an honor that the partnership is the first ever of its kind for both our countries and hopefully it will not be the last. Together we aim to shake the world gentle towards a green industrial revolution. Denmark is proud to support India's vision for a greener future. One example is the International Solar Alliance. Climate change is global. It affects us all but we also know that it affects some more than others. The world's poorest people and countries have contributed the least to climate change, but often they are hit the hardest. Without massive and rapid action, climate change will undermine the possibility of reaching the sustainable development goals. We the international community must raise our ambitions to address climate change and its negative impacts, particularly in vulnerable countries. We must meet our climate finance obligations. COP26 offers an opportunity to work on this. We must all do our part. Prime Minister Modi, dear friends, 
The past year has been challenging, but today we can join in the new era of opportunity. Together we can pave the way for a greener and more safe future for all of us. Bringing skill, scale, scope and speed into the global green transformation. And let me end as I began with Gandhi's words. We must become the change that we want to see. Thank you. Thank you, Prime Minister, for your keynote. It is now my distinct honor and privilege to invite the Honorable Prime Minister of India, Sri Narendra Modi, to deliver the inaugural address. Excellencies, friends, Namaskar. This edition of Raisina Dialogue takes a place at a watershed moment in human history. A global pandemic has been ravaging the world for over a year. The last such global pandemic was a century ago. Although humanity has faced many infectious diseases. Since then, the world today is underprepared to handle the COVID-19 pandemic. Our scientists, researchers, and industry have answered some questions. What is the virus? How does it spread? How can we slow it down? How do we make a vaccine? How do we administer vaccine at a scale and with speed? To these and many other such questions, many solutions have emerged. And no doubt, many more are yet to come. But as global thinkers and leaders, we must ask ourselves some more questions. For over a year now, the base minds of our societies have been engaged in battling this pandemic. All the governments of the world, at all levels, are trying to contain and control this pandemic. Why did it come to this? Is it perhaps because in the race of economic development, the concern for welfare of humanity has been left behind? Is it perhaps because in the age of competition, the spirit of cooperation has been forgotten? The answer to such questions can be found in our recent past. Friends, the horrors of the First and Second World War compelled the emergence of a new world order. After the end of the Second World War, 
over the next few decades many structures and institutions were created but under the shadow of the two wars they were aim at answering only one question how to prevent the third world war today i submit to you that this was the wrong question as a result all the steps taken were like treating a patient symptoms without addressing the underlying causes or to put it differently all the steps taken were to prevent the last war not the next one in fact while humanity had not faced the third world war the threat of violence had not reduced in people's lives with a number of proxy wars and unending terror attacks the prospect of violence is ever present so what would have been the right question they could have included why do we have famines and hunger why do we have poverty or most fundamentally why can't we cooperate to address problems that threaten the entire humanity i'm sure that if our thinking has been along such lines very different solutions would have emerged friends it is not too late even now the mistakes and misdeeds of the past 7 decades need not constrain our thinking for the future the covid 19 pandemic has presented us an opportunity to reshape the world order to reorient our thinking we must create systems that addresses the problems of today and challenges of tomorrow and we must think of the entire humanity and not merely of those who are on our side of the borders humanity as a whole must be at the center of our thinking and action friends during this pandemic in our own humble way within our own limited resources we in india have tried to walk the talk we have tried to protect our own 1.3 billion citizen from the pandemic at the same time we have also tried to support the pandemic response efforts for of others in our neighborhood we have encouraged a coordinated regional response 
to the crisis. Last year, we shared medicines and protective equipment with over 150 countries. We understand fully that mankind will not defeat the pandemic unless all of us, everywhere, regardless of the color of our passports, come out, out of it. That is why this year, despite many constraints, we have supplied vaccine to over 80 countries. We know that the supplies have been modest. We know that the demands are huge. We know that it will be a long time before the entire humanity can be vaccinated. At the same time, we also know that hope matters. It matters as much to the citizens of the richest countries as it does to the less fortunate. And so, we will continue to share our experiences, our expertise, and also our resources with the entire humanity in the fight against the pandemic. Friends, as you gather virtually at the Raisina Dialogue this year, I call upon you to emerge as a powerful voice for a human-centric approach. As I have said elsewhere, while we may be used to having plan A and plan B, there is no planet B, only planet Earth. And so, we must remember that we hold this planet merely as trustees for our future generations. I will leave you with that thought and wish you very productive discussions over the next few days. Before I conclude, I wish to thank all the dignitaries who are adding their voices to these deliberations. My special thanks to Their Excellencies, the President of Rwanda and the Prime Minister of Denmark for their valuable presence in this session of the dialogue. I also wish to thank my friend, the Prime Minister of Australia and the President of European Council, who will be joining the dialogue later. Last but not the least, my immense gratitude and heartiest congratulations to all the organizations. They have done fantastic work in putting together this year's Raisina Dialogue despite all kinds of challenges. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Prime Minister, for your keynote. Your ideas are going to provoke conversations at the Raisina Dialogue in the coming days. With this, let me invite the Minister of State for External Affairs, Mr. V. Murli Dharan, to propose a vote of thanks. Prime Minister Narendra Modi ji, His Excellency Paul Kagame, President of Rwanda, Her Excellency Mette Frederiksen, Prime Minister of Denmark, Excellencies, Delegates, Distinguished Guests and Participants, Namaskaram and Good evening. I feel privileged to deliver the vote of thanks for the 
inaugural session of the Raisina Dialogue 2021. The COVID-19 pandemic has disrupted our way of life, leaving a lasting impact. The theme of this year's Raisina Dialogue, viral world outbreaks, outliers and out of control, could not be more appropriate. I would like to begin by thanking Honorable Prime Minister Sri Narendra Modi ji for his inaugural remarks. He has reminded that now, more than ever, there is a need for us to rekindle the spirit of international cooperation and to come together to raise difficult questions like we have today as we try and tackle the common threats to humanity. I echo the gratitude of the Prime Minister in thanking our chief guests, President Kagame and Prime Minister Frederiksen, for setting the tone of Raisina 2021 and for their intellectually stimulating addresses at today's inaugural session. May I add that Rwanda has become one of our closest partners in Africa. India's engagement with Rwanda has been consultative, response-based and human-centric. Denmark is a long-standing friend of India and we have seen bilateral relations blossom in recent years. Recent elevation of our relationship to green strategic partnership is the first of its kind and will serve as a template for the rest of the world to emulate. Friends, at Raisina 2021, a plethora of issues will be examined, those that really matter to us today, ranging from existential issues such as climate change and supply chain logistics to India's maritime security, the Indo-Pacific and the Afghan peace process. I'm confident that over the next four days, we are going to witness exciting and stimulating discussions on these wide-ranging topics. I would like to take this opportunity to thank all distinguished speakers and participants who are tuning in from different parts of the world. The Raisina Dialogue is a sum total of our individual engagements and contributions. As much as we would have loved to meet you in person, I, on behalf of the Government of India, thank you for your virtual presence today. I would like to thank the Observer Research Foundation, who continue to partner with the Ministry of External Affairs in this important initiative, that they have adapted this event seamlessly in digital only format, speaks volumes about their ability to manage an event of a global scale. I would like to appreciate the team at the Ministry and Indian Missions and posts abroad for ensuring the Raisina Dialogue proceeds undeterred at this time of global pandemic. Last, but certainly not the least, this event would not have been possible without the leadership and guidance of External Affairs Minister Dr. S. J. Shankar. With these words, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you all once again for being a part of the Raisina Dialogue in the spirit of Vasudheva Kutumbakam, which signifies the whole world is one family. I wish the sixth edition of the dialogue the very best. Thank you. Dhaniwad. Jai Hind. Thank you, Mr. Minister, and thank you for your support and leadership always. We have also put together a series of short pieces for you to engage with. These, in some sense, are the provocations that have shaped the debates we are hosting over the next four days. Read them on our website, 
And of course, do join us again either on the Bespoke platform or on our social media handles uh, across the ORF presence. Thank you once again to all my friends, partners, ladies and gentlemen. Keep coming back. We have exciting debates lined up for you. Thank you for tuning in to Policy Pod, the ORF podcast. Please subscribe to our channel for updates on upcoming episodes.